Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. We've been speaking on contender. Uh, you know, contender just sounded good to me, so that's what I want. I wanted to talk about, speak on contending for our minds. And it wasn't until I started doing a study on the word contender that I realized that the word contender actually means isn't just someone that's in a fight, but literally means someone that's in a fight that has the opportunity to win. Uh, in fact, I want, you to, uh, I want to encourage you this morning that there's many that think that you're in a fight right now, but you're, you're not sure that you have the opportunity to win. Every one of you in here is a contender. You are not a pretender. You're not in the fight just to participate, but that God has placed you in the fight with the ability to win the fight. Say it again, Pastor. You are a contender this morning. You're not just hoping to get off of those drugs. You are a contender. You're not just trying to fix your marriage. You are a contender. You're not just trying to get healing. You are a contender this morning. Somebody give God praise. A contender is someone that has a chance at winning. And every one of you, the Bible says, are more than conquerors. So you are in it. To win it, stand to your feet and as you turn your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. As you turn your Bibles there, I want to I turn your attention to the great things we have coming up uh, here at CWC. The uh, Passion Parade, a huge event that takes place on Good Friday. The Good Friday service where we have communion and uh, it's acted out as well. And then we have the great uh, Easter egg hunt that happens on Easter Sunday. Be a part of that. I also want to say this. Last Sunday, we were 2,000 hits away from 100,000 hits on our podcast. And we're already just under, a, I think we're, right now we're at 101,000 already on our po- podcast. Amen. <laughs> Uh, less than a week, we're, we're averaging, I think, somewhere around 2,000 to, 2, to 2,500 hits uh, on our podcast. So for those of you th- listening on podcast right now, we just want to welcome you to our service. Come on, give them a round of applause this morning as well. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, what I'm about to share with you literally has the ability to break the way you've been thinking and set you into new freedom in your life, in your marriage, in depression, in addiction, in finances, even in the health of your body. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we use God's mighty weapons, someone say weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds, everyone say strongholds, of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy. Someone say destroy. Destroy. I need you to understand. We're not to store arguments that are supposed to be destroyed. Say it again, Pastor. You You are not to store arguments that are supposed to be destroyed. Don't entertain arguments that you're supposed to destroy. It says destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Bow your heads with me. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want want you to know that the battleground is in our mind. Everyone say mind. Mind. This little three pound, for some of you it might be two. Some of y'all it might be four. 
But that little three-pound organ between your ears called your brain is where the major work needs to take place. I sat with the pastor years ago when we were planning the church here in San Jose. He was a pastor of a very successful, large church in, in, in the area. And when I sat down with him, we were at lunch, and he looked at me and said, Dan, I want you to understand something. The difference between you and me is the way we think. After I got over my offense, because initially I was like, what do you mean? think the same way like you do. I think just like you. How dare you say? And then he just started talking. I was like, oh, dang, I don't think anything like this guy. <laughs> the way he looked at things, the eyes that he saw the, the church through, he saw not just a church, he saw a family. He didn't see a ministry. He saw opportunity to transform society. And when I begin to sit there and listen to his insight, I begin to realize that the difference between those that are succeeding in life and those that are struggling day to day is not where they were born, is not their heritage, is not their skin color, not the money in their back pocket, but it is the mind by which you see and perceive things in life. I cannot change who you are tomorrow until I change your thinking today. There are some people that are on this cycle constantly and you see them and it doesn't matter whether you saw them five years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago. They're in the same place you left them because they never changed their thinking. I remember standing in line with my wife. It was, we lived in Manteca at the time and we came to see my, my mom for Christmas and we stopped at the mall to pick up uh, some, some uh Christmas gifts, last minute Christmas gifts, and we're standing in line, and I hear this laugh that sounds so familiar. I said, man, where, where, what is that? I've heard who, and I, it sounded like a guy I played football with here at Mount Pleasant High School. And I turn around, and sure enough, he was still wearing his jersey. <laughs> I'm not lying. Still wearing his jersey, talking to the guy next to him, about the party that they were going to have, how many kegs were going to be there, and the, the things that they were going to do. And I'm thinking, dude, we got out of high school over 20 years ago, and you're still talking about the Friday night kegger. You're still wearing your high school football jersey that barely fits. And so you're, you're in this. You, you haven't moved anywhere. You're in the same place because your mind hasn't changed. That's why many of you that, that leave the church that say, you know what, I'm going back to my old friends because they're always there for me. They're always there for you because they never left where they were. They're in the same place because they never left. And so the battleground is our minds, and I need you to understand that you will become your concepts. I'm, I'm preaching right now. This is good stuff right here. As Pastor Jr. would say, this stuff you, you have to pay for at a conference, but you're getting it here for free. <laughs> and so I want you to understand that when we, we take a look at the word, it says here in verse 4 of chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians, for we use God's mighty weapons 
not worldly weapons. So there are weapons, instruments that God has given us. The Greek word for weapons is talking about instruments. He has given us instruments of war to fight against the enemy. If you missed last week's message, you got to pick it up so you can find out what those weapons are. Weapons that he gave us isn't an AK. It's not a, it's not a stealth bomber. But what he gave to us is something called praise. He gave us something called worship. He gave us something called prayer. He gave us something called giving. He gave us something called communion. That when we do these things with God, they literally become atomic bombs to the kingdom of darkness. When you do worship, when you praise, when you fast, when you give, when you shouldn't, all of a sudden it becomes an atomic bomb against the enemy. Somebody give God praise right now. And so there are weapons that God has given to you, but against the warfare that we're in, and the warfare that we're battling is strategies. The, the Greek word is strategies that Satan literally has game-planned against you. Do you understand that Satan plans his attack against you? He knows you. He's been checking you out. He's been watching you. He knows what things he can put in front of you and is going to get you to jump all over again. He game plan the same way a football team scouts another team before they play him. He takes time to scout you. See, Satan can't tempt me with drugs because drugs, I'm afraid of needles. I'm just being honest with y'all. You don't have to worry about Pastor Dan strung out on heroin. No, he's not. <laughs> Pastor Dan afraid of them dirty needles. That's why I'm taking care of myself because I don't want diabetes. I don't want to have to stick myself. I hate needles. You know, and nothing, nothing against you blonde ladies out there, but you'll never hear that I fell with a blonde. not going to happen. I'm not attracted to blondes. You will never hear that Pastor Dad had a homosexual affair. Ain't true. Lie from the pit of hell. Live from the very stinking pit of hell. That's it. I'm sorry. That's, it's not me. Okay? But you want to talk about gluttony? He could tempt me with food. Hey, overeating's a sin too. You could tempt me with Allowing my anger to get out of control. I'm being honest with y'all. Don't look at me like I just stole something from you. I got, I got issues too. But I, I have to work through them as well. And so Satan actually game plans. He has strategies that work against you. And so you got to watch out the things. And so he says this, and those weapons are to knock down. Everyone say knock down. God has given you the weapons and the strategy to pull down, to knock down the strongholds that the enemy is building in your life. Now, I want to I lay this down for you, okay? Everyone say strongholds. strongholds. Come on, strongholds. strongholds. Slap your neighbor, tell them strongholds. strongholds. A stronghold, now listen very carefully, all right? A stronghold is any thought system 
or idea that is contrary to the Word of God. Okay, let me, let me try the other side here. A stronghold is any thought or idea that is contrary to the Word. That, that was still weak, too. Girl, Brick, it has to come from in here. Not from here. It has to come from, okay? It's okay, man. Let's do it again. So a stronghold is any thought, system, or idea that is contrary to the Word of God. There you go. Amen. Now let me explain that because this is something, this is where the battleground comes. If I can break these in your life, you're going to be free. You're not going to ever need counseling again. All right? Uh, If you can get this, it'll set you free. So a stronghold is any thought system that is contrary, not any thought, any thought system. Because we have thoughts that aren't of God. And, And thoughts come in at times. And when those thoughts come in, that's not the sin. Martin Luther said, you can't can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep him from making a nest in your hair. The, the, The sin isn't seeing that beautiful woman or that fine guy come by. It's when you walk around the block again to get a second look. That's where the sin enters in. Now, a stronghold happens, that strongholds are any thought or idea, any reasoning or argument that is against the Word of God. You're sitting here right now and say, Pastor, I believe in the Word. First of all, I want to know how many of you believe in the Word of God? You know, as the years get, as we become more civilized, as we become more... As we become more refined, more sophisticated, all of a sudden, the word of God isn't really true. And so we create thoughts and ideas that don't agree with the word. And that creates a philosophy and a system of thinking that creates a stronghold. Let let me explain. You're like, no, I'm good, Pastor Dan. I believe the word. How many believe in the word of God? Come on. How many believe that this is the word of God? All right. If you believe it's the word of God, then we, this is where strongholds come in. I believe in the word, but. And me and her have been together for a long time, Pastor Dan. And so we've been together for, I know the word of God says that premarital sex is wrong or having sex outside of marriage is wrong, but we've been together. We're planning on getting married. You've been together for eight years, ain't got no ring. Yeah, but we're planning on getting married. And so it's a, even if you had a ring, still a stronghold is any thought or idea that is contrary to the word of God. But it's okay to have premarital sex because I love her. That's a stronghold. Ooh, I got, oh, just got personal on some of y'all right now. Some of y'all just got, you know what, we ain't never coming back to this church again. (laughs) Stronghold. Stronghold is that I know the word of God says to forgive people, but you don't know what they did to me. Stronghold. I'm preaching here, sister. Thank you. And so I want you to understand something. 
I want you to recognize that a stronghold rises up when we have a philosophy or a thought that doesn't match God's word. Well, you know what? What am I, what am I talking about, Pastor? I don't got no, I'm not, I'm not sleeping with nobody. I'm not, I'm not holding any bitterness. But you know what? The word of God says that we should give. But you know what? God understands I can't give because of my financial condition. Oh, we're going to get personal. Stronghold. And we get to the point that we allow our philosophies to take precedence over the word. Wow, it got quiet. You were just shouting with me. Contender! Yeah, I'm a contender! (laughs) A stronghold is any thought or idea, reasoning that comes up in our mind that is contrary to the word. And so the enemy will use two things. As we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. So the enemy will use reasoning and arguments against the word of God. How many times do you start talking the word with someone and they'll stop and say, yeah, I know, I know what the Bible says. I, I know that, but my experience has been, my, my, my father told me, And what we do is we begin to develop ideas that do not agree with the Word of God, yet still call ourselves Christians. Now, I do not believe, listen to me very carefully, I do not believe that Christians can be demon-possessed. I do believe in demons. I do believe in the spiritual warfare. But I don't believe that, de- that Christians can be demon-possessed. Why? Because the Bible talks about that in order for a, a, a spirit to step into one house and take over it, it has to bind the strong man that's already there. And I tell you, if Jesus lives in me, mm, I, I don't know if you're catching this. That you have to bind the strong man in order to take over the house. And if I'm the house and Jesus dwells in me, Jesus is chilling inside of me. Jesus is sitting on the throne of my life. If Jesus hangs out and rules inside of me, Christ is the strong man in me. And there's never been a demon stronger than God. There's no demon in hell that has the ability to bind Jesus and cast him out. So if I have accepted Christ and he lives in me and he rules in me, no demon can dwell in me. Now I'm going somewhere. But I do believe that Christians can be not only oppressed, where demon spirits come against them. Depression, anxiety. Come on, somebody. But those things come from something called strongholds. 
Christians can't be possessed, but they can have strongholds in their lives. Dang, Pastor, that is some good stuff. If you, if you grab a hold of this, you're, you're about to get set free. Some of y'all got some cycles that you've been going through, some things you've been going through in your life, and you want, you're wondering, why do I keep ending up? Why do me and my wife end up in the same place year after year after year? You got to break the cycle. Now, now. It's the reasoning and the arguments of the enemy. And so I want you to understand this. Let's get back. Thoughts are an unspoken word. Okay? Thoughts are unspoken words, which means this. A thought, in order to become reality, has to be activated by being spoken. Okay, let me try this side. A thought really doesn't mean anything until that thought is spoken. Until it's manifested. Why? Because whose image were you created in? And whose? Now, so you didn't come from no monkey. You were created in the image and the likeness and the pattern of God. How did God create? Let there be. Let there be. Let there be. Only mankind did he form with his hand and blow breath into Okay, so you're the only creation that was created in the image and likeness, the pattern and personality of God. Amen. Amen? Are you with me so far? Which means this, if you are created in his image, then you create like God as well. What you speak, you create. Oh, it's getting good. I'm digging deep right now for some of y'all. Some of you, you know, you want, you want, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Extreme kids, it's a powerful message. Extreme kids is still going on right now. But if you want to get deep this morning on how to break thoughts and how to break patterns and find some freedom, you got to dig deep right now, okay? So a thought must be spoken in order to be activated. Now, now follow me on this. Satan is a fallen angel, right? He is an unemployed cherub. Unemployed angel. He was created for a purpose. He rejected that purpose, got cast down from heaven. He is an angel without a job. He is on earth illegally. I need that to sink in because some of y'all think that he has a right to be in your life. He is here illegally. He was cast down. And because he's a created being, not created in the image of God, Satan cannot create. Shared this last week. Satan cannot create. He can only suggest. And the only way that that thought can become reality is when we speak it. Now, why are you staying with this woman? Things you know, things aren't going to get better. Why am I staying with this woman? I know things aren't going to get better. 
Man, your mom was sick. Your grandmother was sick. Your great-grandmother died of this. You're going to die of this too. I'm always going to have cancer in my life. I'm always going to struggle with these things. Your daddy was addicted. His daddy was an addict. His daddy was an addict. I'm always going to be an addict. And we start creating environments with our words. So when we don't rebuke a thought, we become the thought. When you don't rebuke the thought, you become the thought. You know that every, every affair starts off with a thought. Every theft starts with a Every argument starts with a go to work and that lady's always bringing you coffee and you're like, man, I came to work and my wife didn't even make me breakfast. This lady's always bringing me coffee. And she's so nice. She cares for me. She, she cares for me. And she brings sugar for it as well. Oh, it's just amazing. <laughs> She's so, and then when she drops it off, she puts her hand on my shoulder while she drops it off on my desk. And she smells so good. And you don't see what ends up happening. These thoughts start coming in. You start entertaining these thoughts in your mind. And these thoughts start creating a, 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 a fantasy. And that fantasy, and you know what happens? Is that you get these men. Now, they say that every man or woman has ten standard needs in their life. And so they have a wife at home, a good woman, that's meeting eight of those needs. Or you got a good man that's meeting eight of those needs. But then he comes to work and finds one woman that only offers two. Only offers two of those needs and all of a sudden he starts feeling fulfilled because he's getting the eight at home and he's getting two at work and all of a sudden he feels for the first time I got everything completed everything is great and what ends up happening he leaves the eight for the two then he's sitting there looking foolish Because although all she knows how to do is bring coffee. (laughs) All she knows how to do is be in the mirror and just fix herself up and put on some perfume and get got you all goo goo gaga. Don't know how don't know how to cook, don't know how to clean, don't know how to don't know how to encourage you, don't know how to pray, doesn't know how to how to speak life into you, and so you trade in the eight for the two. You're going to need five of them to match up the one you just got rid of. (laughs) I'm glad you approve. How do strongholds develop? Don't worry, I'm going to close in a moment, so stay with me, okay? How do strongholds develop? They first start with the thought. The thought is suggested. 
Remember, last week I told you the most powerful thing in the world from Dr. Miles Monroe, the most powerful thing in the world is a thought, but the most important thing is the source of that thought. And so the power of suggestion, Satan cannot create, but he could suggest. In the same way, when we come to church, I'm speaking to you, I'm suggesting life, strength, more than a conqueror. You are a contender. And it's up to you to take that thought and begin to speak it. Thank you three over here. I appreciate that. At least you guys are grabbing it right now. But that thought will then become a mindset. People that have mind, mindsets step in. And when mindsets step in, it's a set mind. You ever talk to someone and they're, they're just, they're just, they got a set mind? You can't tell them nothing. You can't tell them. And so you get people with those mindsets that come into the church. They hear the word of God. They know it's the truth, but it doesn't apply to me. It's good for everyone else, but it doesn't apply to me. Why? Because you got the wrong mindset. You've listened to too many thoughts from the wrong source. And so you create a mindset, and that mindset creates a behavior. And so I'll be at the club, I'll be hanging out with Bill, I'll be hanging out with Ted, I'll be hanging out with, with Jorge and all this stuff. And then I'll come to church on Sunday morning, and then I'll give God a little praise, and then on Sunday night, I'm back at the club doing my thing. And you're, you're just in this cycle. Because you have a mindset that God is a place that you come to drop off guilt, and then you go back to your old lifestyle. That's why many are saved, but few are converted. And Jesus didn't come just for our salvation. He came for our conversion so that we could become like Christ. Now, now, this is where we, in that that behavior, unchanged or unchallenged becomes a stronghold. Now, take a look at this real, real quick, okay? This is your mind. This is your mind on drugs. Okay? This is your brain on drugs. The, the mind, the soul, the, 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 the concept. In fact, John, if you could start getting ready to help me out here. I want you to notice the suke according to the... To the, to the we, we have compartments in our mind, and our minds don't operate, you know, very compartment. There's not files in there, but we file things in different places throughout our brain. We don't have one section that holds everything. You have a certain part of the brain that, will, that, will, uh, that, that you'll do getting up, that you'll walk and do certain things, so you don't have to remember those things. But then you have another kind uh, part of your brain that remembers certain functions and, and how to do certain things that you have to put into practice. But our minds have these compartments. So uh, what most of us ha- are filled up like this. We got money, number one. You got, you're, you're thinking about your Wonder Woman in number two. If you're, you're, if you're a guy, if you're a lady, it should be someone else, okay? And so we got, we're thinking about our finances, our wife, our kids. We're thinking about all the trash we got going on in our lives. We got sports, our work. We're thinking about our education. Thinking about the Word of God somewhere is locked in there, okay? Then we have our car that we drive, wanting to be successful wanting to be happy, thinking about the sad things that, that, that have gone on in our lives, thinking about gaining weight, losing weight, trying to get in shape. That's way down on the bottom for some of y'all. And then you got different things. I'm just playing. Then you got different things of, of words that have been spoken in your life that have hurt you. Things that people have said that have damaged you. 
Now, I shared this before, but I, I need to take this a little deeper. And so what happens is this, is that we got all these compartments. That's why when wives, when we're watching the game, that the ball is up in the very first part where the money's at. It's in the first, we're watching a game, and then you come up and say, throw out the trash. And we're like, we're like wait a minute. When we say we'll do it, we mean we'll do it. Just not right now. Because the number one spot of our brain is the game. But we don't realize that until the garbage gets thrown out, you can't continue to cook and prepare the meal that we want to eat while we're watching the game. A few ladies are... And so to the woman, the bag of trash is number one. To the man, it's the game. And he files it back there somewhere in the back. When we have a heartbreak, follow me. We have a heartbreak in our life. It takes first, someone hurts you. It becomes number one and we feel it. How many of you have been hurt before? Been let down? That takes center stage in our lives. But then what ends up happening, if it's not resolved, we start filing it away. Other things start coming in its place and it starts dropping, starts dropping, starts dropping to a place where we forget about it. Not forget about it, just tuck it away. The guy that beat you, the guy that spoke down with you, the words that your husband said, the, the words a woman spoke to you. And when it's unresolved, when these hurts, they begin to grow and the hurts become something. Look, look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. It says, Let, look after each other so that none of you, someone say none of you, fails to receive the grace of God. What blocks the grace of God? What blocks the, the, the power of God in your life? It says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness. What blocks grace? Bitterness. Grows up and troubles you, corrupting many. Because if I have a root of bitterness, I'm going to start giving fruit of bitterness. Hurt people hurt people. And so you end up with that hurt, becomes unforgiveness on the very bottom corner. It becomes bitterness, and from bitterness it becomes a stronghold. Stronghold, any thought or idea that is contrary to the Word of God. So you have the stronghold in your life that says, you know what, I'm not worth it. This guy, maybe the things he said about me is right. And so you keep settling for men that abuse you. Or you find yourself in, I'm always going to be broke. My family was broke. My mom and dad were broke. They were poor. I'm always going to be, you know, my, my, my parents were addicted. I'm going to be addicted. And so you come up with these strongholds that are undealt with and you begin to believe these words. And you find yourself in bondage to these things. And so as a result, an undealt with hurt or disappointment is fertile soil for bitterness to grow. Bitterness will sprout like crazy. And so as a result, in your mind, you end up with your heart chained up. 
Oh, come on, somebody. Lockdown. And so every Sunday, when we're preaching, every Sunday the word goes out, and there's something that starts hitting that area of your life. You just, it, it starts reverberating, it starts shaking, and you get, you get upset, you have a hard time whenever that area is touched because that's your stronghold. And so we end up creating a philosophy that is contrary to the word of God. And from there, every area of our life starts getting locked up. Why? Because if the word of God was wrong in that area, maybe it's wrong in the other areas as well. And so we start allowing that bitterness to start growing into other areas of our lives as well. And we got this huge pattern that we're living on. Argument and reason is what Satan uses. Argument and reason. Say that with me. Argument and reason. But I need you to understand there's a difference between fact and truth. There's a difference between fact and truth. Satan can tell you the facts, but he'll never tell you the truth. He's incapable of speaking truth. So he'll tell you the fact. The fact is, is that you're sick. But the truth is that you were healed by the blood of Jesus, by his stripes. I am healed. The fact is your marriage is on the rock. But the truth is, is that he that God has joined together, let no man separate. Oh, you got to grab a hold of this right now. Many of you are speaking the facts instead of declaring the truth. we got to stop declaring the fact. Doesn't mean the facts aren't right. Doesn't mean you ignore the fact. The fact is you're sick, but the truth is you're healed. The fact is I'm broke, but the truth is he's Jehovah Jireh, the God my provider. The truth is I'm depressed. The fact is he's Jehovah Shalom, the God that is my peace. Stop giving in to the facts. When enemy starts whispering his arguments and reasoning to you. You got to know this. Because this gives you the ability to fight back. You need an argument. We need an argument. Verse 5. We destroy. Someone say destroy. Every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. And we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. What am I telling you? We are called to destroy obstacles, not store them. Say it again, Pastor. You are not called to store the obstacles in your thoughts. You're called to destroy them. So stop filing those thoughts in your mind that don't match up with the truth of God. You will know the truth. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Not you will know the facts. 
you'll know the truth. Satan can't tell you the truth because he's a liar. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Bow your heads with me right where you are. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.